Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, bro. It's Russo'sBrand.com. Get the real shoot for the most controversial personality in pro wrestling, Vince Russo. Stevie Richards Fitness. Hey, don't you think it's time for a band new you? Head over to StevieRichardsFitness.com and join the SRF resistance today. ProWrestlingTees.com. Get the coolest merchandise from your favorite independent pro wrestling talent worldwide. Head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and support indie wrestling today. Bro, if you're a real coffee lover, then you've got to try Broaster's Limited Edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Available right now at www.thebroasters.com. This limited edition coffee is fresh roasted weekly and shipped directly to your door. You will love the Nicaraguan blend with roasted chocolatey notes when you smell it. Get your Vince Russo Bro Coffee today at thebroasters.com and follow them at Coffee Broasters today on Twitter. Enjoy the best coffee today, bro. From Broasters, Vince Russo Brand, and Hameen Media Group. The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. It is Sunday, March 15th, 2020, and you are tuned into HTM Sports, presented by the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, and Hameen Media online, hackerhameen.podbean.com. This week's show, of course, brought to you by Broasters. Get the very same coffee that the Vince Russo is drinking. Check them out at broasters.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who doesn't have the coronavirus. He's the real... RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. It's me, it's me. It's that honor of the beat of the V. Rick Vickery and Jargo. Yes, we have finally made it to air. The, the quarantine has been lifted here in the HTM Sports Studios. We're finally going to talk about everything that's unfolding, or I guess is, is not unfolding uh, around the world of professional sports. But you know what? I did hear something interesting. A cup of roasters a day keeps the corona away. So another reason, another reason to get on board with our great sponsors there at that first coffee. You passion. Uh, Rick, there's not a whole lot to talk about, man. Um, since we did this show last week, basically the entire world has been canceled thanks to the coronavirus. I mean, really, that's the only thing inside of the world of sports that there is to talk about is the fact that there is no sports thanks to the coronavirus. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think what's the only thing that we really had move forward was was UFC, correct? Yeah, yeah. UFC and WWE are like both like fuck it. We're going to do shows. Are, are the ones that are moving forward here, and you know what? And it, being you know from we, we do that crossover, we don't talk a lot of MMA, but certainly we are we are pro wrestling guys. And I want to say you know that, that I it, it was kind of a proud moment you know from us being inside of that bubble that our genre, our form of entertainment, they pushed forward. They found a way to get some things done here. I think, you know, it, it, uh, certainly at a time like this, as you said, Jargo, I mean, everywhere you turn, you cannot escape it. It's Corona this, Corona that. Health scare this, health scare that. It's lockdowns. 
at least you get a little bit of escape. And we got that. Thank you from WWE. Did you watch it? Did you watch SmackDown over the course of this weekend? I did catch it. Yes, I did. I did not watch it. Um, I was watching something else. I don't even remember what the hell it was. That's how important it was. Uh, but Rick, this has been like the most boring weekend ever. Like I, I found myself watching the flu game from Michael Jordan in the 1995 NBA finals because, or I'm sorry, I think it was 97. It was game five because 97. There, there was nothing else to watch. Like, I don't know what in the hell to watch now that there is no sports. Uh, absolutely. And I'm surprised more that we're not seeing the networks trying to jump on this thing. You know, this would, we would be sitting here just a couple hours away from one of the most exciting times at all of sports, that being selection Sunday, you know, so why aren't we getting now instead of the selection Sunday, why aren't you giving us like the, you know, lining up the best 64 games, uh, in, in, you know, from each round, if you will, why aren't you announcing that and then start running those as in place of the tournament? Now, obviously, you're not going to draw that same rating, that same excitement, but at least you're giving people an opportunity to relive a better time. And they're still getting, you know, they're getting their, a little bit of their fill of college basketball. I'm surprised we're not getting more from these networks moving on this right now. Well, you, you know, it's all because of our friend Eric Lake, because if they did that, clearly the greatest college basketball game of all time. Kentucky still loses to Duke on a last-second shot from Christian Leitner. Well, and you see, that's where we get down to it. We would relive that in in the Elite Eight. Yeah, you, you do it by round. These were the you know the best thirty-two first-round games. These were the best sixteen-second-round okay. games. Okay, so so what's your championship game? Is it Michigan and Carolina? The Chris oh, wow, Webber timeout game. That that is a, that is a good one. Uh. Man, I was even going to think of one that maybe had us on the losing end when Michigan State got Duke in there in, uh, what, 2000s, early 2000s? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a good game, too. Yeah, I think I go to the Michigan versus North Carolina National Championship, the Chris Webber timeout game. Absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, you've got in that final four, you got Michigan the year. Well, let's see here. Oh, that was a hell of a final four, Michigan and UC. Uh, that sent Michigan on to win Duke. I, that was not a good final game for Michigan. Duke absolutely blew them out of the arena that evening. Crazy. Uh, but I, just trying to think, you know, all the great Final Four finishes. LG, you know, a couple. What, what was the uh, the Jimmy V? Uh, I think maybe that could be the number one game, Ooh. the number one championship. Yeah, NC State. That would have yes. been 80. Oh, uh, 1983. There we go. You tell we really became we came prepared for this one. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, none of this was on the run. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about March Sadness. Uh, NCAA, of course, canceling March Madness. It's going to be the first year since the Final Four's inception in 1939 that we will not have a Final Four. Uh, We also will not have a women's Final Four since its establishment in 1982. Uh, Rick, of course, as fans. Everybody is looking at this from, oh, we don't get to watch our, our basketball. But when you look at the actual business side of this thing, the NCAA TV deal with CBS and Turner Broadcasting is worth $800 million. How do you make up that kind of revenue? Well, you're obviously, we can come at this from a number of directions. You know, you and I have had some conversations before taking to the air here. There's going to be some kind of, you know, bailout funding. 
and, and there's going to be something from the government, obviously here, but inside, I mean, that is such an astronomical number. And on its surface, when we're looking at this, I mean, it, it's you think about that hit as you put there, Jargo. How do you recover from this? But on the flip of this, you know, that's just that's what they're earning here from this basketball revenue. And that's just the men's, correct? Or does that include the women's? Uh, I, I'm not sure. That very well may include both because it, okay. it wouldn't surprise me if that's a package deal with CBS and Turner Sports for, and, and for everyone, both Final right, Fours. And everyone right now is so focused on, yes, the men's college basketball because that's at the forefront. Let's not forget here. Let's look at this bigger scope. They have canceled everything, every sporting event. We are talking – we're talking – major financials in savings just from the operating and the travel. Well, I, I just want to throw this out there because, of course, everybody's talking about the college basketball because that's the hot topic right now. This is not just college basketball. They also canceled men's and women's track and field. They canceled wrestling, hockey, men's and women's swimming and diving, women's gymnastics, women's beach volleyball, which I'm very disappointed in, men's and women's tennis, women's and men's golf, men's and women's lacrosse, men's and women's rowing, which is a huge deal for the Ivy League, um, and then... And there's the other big hit, which is the College World Series. This is going to be the first time since 1946 we haven't had that. That's a $70 million economic impact on the city of Omaha. Now, I understand the NCAA is going to be reimbursed for a lot of this money thanks to these bills that Trump and the, the Republicans and the Democrats are pushing through at $8.5 billion. And then they just signed another one yesterday. I don't have that dollar figure in front of me. But how does the city of Omaha recoup $70 million? That's a huge part of their economic budget. Well, and absolutely. It's just not outside of, you know, Omaha. It's all these other these host cities or, you know, those that were financially there, you know, they were the outlets for this travel, those airlines, uh, the, the lodging. So the hotels, you've got the food manufacturers. I mean, this is a major trickle down in no way, shape or form. Am I sitting here feeling sorry for the NCAA itself? No, They're going not to at get all. Theirs. They're going to get theirs. Now, who I'm talking about, who I have seen firsthand. Now, anyone that listens to us, they know that I work in hospitality marketing. And I have got a handful of clients that are absolutely just in a couple of days feeling feeling the crunch from this this incredible situation that we've got here for us. It, it, and I'm not saying if you're buying into it, if you're on the hoax side of this, wherever you stand, this is a reality that this is taking a serious it's a serious impact on our society to the point where I've got individuals even just a couple days into this, some five days into this that are, you know, they're looking if they're going to be able to keep their doors open. And I'm looking at some caterers that mainly focus on like corporate or large events and more that you see them cancel or, you know, corporations sending people to work from home. They are truly feeling that impact. Uh, I've got two of them that have already lost. I mean, we are talking thousands upon thousands just in cancellations over the next two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Uh, College World Series, number two revenue producer for the NCAA, in case anybody is interested. Most of that comes from the 10 days on the ESPN family of networks in which they broadcast it. Um Rick, I understand why they canceled all of these events. It's not necessarily about the health of the athletes, um, but it's also about, you know, if one of the athletes, while they would probably be fine, 
when they go home on spring break and they see grandpa and grandma, they could easily pass it off to them. And that's who this is really impacting is our, our older people walking around here in the United States. What was the answer to this? I, if it wasn't outright cancellation, or was that really the only answer at this point, what would RBV have done? Would would you have ran empty arenas? Because I don't think I want to see that either. I think I'm happier that they just canceled this thing as opposed to running empty arenas. Well, it, and inside of itself, and you're talking about empty arenas, especially with the NCAA tournament, the logistics of running the 68 teams. In all these different cities, it's just not if you're letting people into these arenas. It's not about that financial impact. You're still moving all these individuals from city to city. Yeah, it's like 4,200 athletes, I want to say, would be affiliated with those 68 teams. Absolutely. So this is bigger than, oh, you know, we're not getting the final four. We're not getting a champion. There's a lot more at stake here in, in all just the dynamics behind the driving force behind making this happen. Now, if you would have come to me and said, okay, we've got to do something. And as you know, we were talking here earlier, you're looking for those outlets that people need a release. And bas- this basketball could have been a-, a tremendous effort in helping people just forget a little for a little bit, you know, to, to get away from all of this hype. I really like what was thrown out there. And I sent you a link to this thing. I shared it on Facebook. I shared it on Twitter at the real RVV, but it just came from, from ESPN. And what they laid out there was if we just took the top 16 teams, how they are ranked, we don't have a selection committee, we're just going by the polls, they are going to play in a single elimination, 16-team tournament, I would have loved to have seen something like that. But you got it. But you got to pick the right city and the time. And I would have run this thing over four days. You're playing straight basketball. You get a venue that, can, that has two courts available to it. So you're running two two floors you're going through four days of this thing that works you through each round and you just you crown a champion there and you let people escape for a little bit yeah i i certainly don't disagree um if you're playing the stock market good time to invest in esports um and then we also have the nba aspect of this rick uh while looking at the economic impact of this thing I I can't even begin to put this into any kind of a scope. Obviously, Salt Lake City, Utah, ground zero. We have seen a couple of other players now that have been diagnosed with the coronavirus. Um, Rudy Gobert was the first guy. And this was a really, really bad look because I believe it was on Monday. He was actually joking about the coronavirus and went around and touched all of the reporters' microphones and whatnot. Then it came out that Donovan Mitchell, also diagnosed with the coronavirus, a member of the Utah Jazz. But Rick, there is good news. The good news is there's roughly 52 people that would have been around Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell that are Utah Jazz employees. They all tested negative. So only two out of 52 people actually tested positive for this thing. But I I think them actually being diagnosed is what clearly led to the cancellation of the NBA season as well. Well, now, what are we up to maybe in the NBA? I believe it's, what, four, possibly five that are are spread around the league. And they're typically teams that were playing against the Utah Jazz directly. But the thing is... They say with this coronavirus, the gestation period is 14 days. If you look at all the teams that the Utah Jazz have played over the course of the last two weeks, and then the teams that those teams have played over the course of the last two weeks, it's it's the entire league at this point. Absolutely. And again, it just gets down to the logistics of your travel. 
you know, you're moving all over the country here. And what do we got? 28 NBA teams. Yeah. So you're talking about 28 cities, all those players, all the staff that goes along with that, all your production. And then again, you know, where, and this isn't like it's a, like a WrestleMania and, and people keep making this comparison. Well, if they're canceling this WrestleMania, WrestleMania is a couple day event. And if they really want to scale it down, it could be a one day event. Now I, I understand. I'm not saying that there isn't issues facing an event like WrestleMania. Cause we have seen major concerts like that being canceled right now. I mean, hell you, you look at the international influence that you see at an event like WrestleMania. I mean, I think like last year was like people traveled from like 67 countries to yeah. be at that event. You know, they're coming from all over North America, the globally 67 countries that inside of itself presents its own set of issues, but it is nowhere on the level that scale of something like the NCAA basketball tournaments or the NBA or hell, even now that we're seeing it as being postponed is, you know, Major League Baseball. Well, and the other thing that plays into this NCAA NBA thing, it's also the All-American games have been canceled. And there's also now a question of eligibility. I mean, there's a whole lot of collegiate athletes, not just inside of the world of basketball. Is this really their senior season? You know, I, I, I actually had a joke here I wanted to bring up here. The only person that's really rooting for this corona thing to keep going and that we see cancellations, and now this is another angle, maybe he gets another year of eligibility out of this, is Joe Burrow. There you go. There you go. That's fantastic. We will talk a little bit about the NFL. Um, but back to the NBA, Adam Silver has said this is going to go on for at least 30 days. At least. So if we look at 30 days from now, that puts us right about at the playoffs. Do we do the playoffs? I mean, would you want to see the NBA return strictly for the playoffs? And how does that affect the players? I mean, not having played a game in a month? Well, it's an even playing field as well. I mean, it might not be the most crisp basketball, but, you know, you got to believe that even though that they are, you know, they're not with the teams right now, they're not traveling, it is still on them to remain in shape, uh, to try to get every wor whatever workouts you can get in. And I think, I think it would be a tremendous positive. And I think people would pretty much, I mean, they would welcome this thing with open arms to have the NBA back, to have that release again. And, you know, it, it could be good timing from then, all depending when baseball gets going. Yeah, we'll talk about baseball too. Jesus, uh, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if you go in and say, "Okay, we're going to do maybe like a ten day wrap up to the regular season, and then head into the playoffs." Almost like a uh, preseason, I mean, like like do a half a dozen like pre playoff games. Well, I think I'd open it up to anybody that was making a late run. Uh, you know, that could potentially slid in here. That's going to decide. You know, those seven and eight seats, like a New Orleans. Obviously. And, you know, that's going to bring a lot of interest. People are going to be following that. Can they do this thing? And then if they fall short, I think it gives you a little bit of a pass because, hey, you know, everything was essentially, I mean, you're getting a, you're getting a medical lockout is what you've got here. Yeah, basically. Uh, there is some good news as far as the NBA goes, though. Uh, the Chinese Basketball Association, the CBA, uh, teams have been told to expect the restart of the league in early April. So it seems as though inside of China, this thing is kind of running its course. If you want to follow kind of the timeline, it looks like, you know, maybe 30, 45 days, we could have the return of the NBA but, Rick, there is a problem as far as that goes, too. Even if we just push back the playoffs a little bit, right? 
we run into this issue. The WNBA is scheduled to kick off on May 16th. And then there's the Olympics, which kick off on July 24th. And we know how important it is to have NBA players inside of the Olympics. I mean, even if the Olympics go off as scheduled and we just pull the NBA players out, that's going to be a severe hit to the Olympics. Uh, Absolutely. Look at, you know, on that, just not here for, you know, Team America, but on a global scale, how many, you know, how many people tune in to see that team? Oh. As they have really, as this global brand of theirs has really just taken on a life of its own. And can anybody beat the Americans? I mean, when it comes to the Olympics, our, our basketball team has got to be the most hated team in the world. They're watching the Americans, not necessarily because they want to see us win, but can anybody beat them? I'm looking at you, Spain. Boy, and you're also, you're looking at what the league wants to do here. They're going to have to go through negotiations with these unions as well. Yeah, and a lot of that, a lot of that could fall on. You got to believe. I mean, we talk about, you know, milking something for every little bit of, you know, money it's worth. That's the NBA playoffs. I mean, it feels like it's about a, a third of what the season is. Yeah, I mean, they know how to get that thing. We would get be getting ready to start here in April, right? Yeah, I mean, it End takes, of April. It, takes, it takes a little over. What's right around two months to get to their champions? Yeah, and the, and the NHL is very much on par with that, too. Hell, we've seen the Stanley Cup finals go all the way into freaking June recently. Right. I mean, so even if they do a hurry-up schedule, we might not be crowning a champ until, you know, mid-July Yeah, if they and, get going in June. And if that's the case, you can bet most of those players aren't going to be playing in Tokyo, <clears throat> even if Tokyo goes off. Right. Uh, so, I mean, there's a, there's so many just little rigors that they're going to have to work their way through. It's just not as simple as saying, okay, let's go ahead and do this. Uh, A lot of little twists and turns, you know, a lot of T's and and I's that need to be taken care of. And then you look forward to next season and the impact that this is going to have on next season, because as we have discussed, when the whole China thing went down with the Houston Rockets general manager, the way that the salary cap is figured is off of total revenue. Um, This is a quote from Adam Silver on All-Star Weekend a month ago. So much of the value of the NBA broadcast, for example, are backloaded in the playoffs. So we don't know quite yet where that will come out. If you look at the way the NBA ticket prices are laid out, based on the average price of a ticket, a typical NBA game generates roughly 1.29 million in ticket sales there's 259 games remaining on the nba schedule if you accumulate all of the teams together that comes out to about 330 million dollars just in ticket revenue the nba is projecting 500 million before playoffs rick this is going to raise hell with the nba salary cap next season and i've Love that you bring this up here, Jogger, because if we are going to persuade the players and that union that, you know, they need to play a little bit of give here, it's going to be when you lay out these financials and you're talking really hard figures between the loss in China and everything that we're going to see with missing of all of this and how backloaded it is with those playoffs. If they're going to regroup anything, if they want to be able to sustain that, that high quality of pay that they get there and that high quality of life. They might, they might have to you know, forego all that other stuff to make sure that they get these playoffs in. How much is this going to hurt a player like Anthony Davis who's looking to sign a new deal at the end of this year? And do you think individuals like that, they're going to be the ones pushing for this? 
Uh, is I think you're going to see a very a bottomed out market next year. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be real interesting to watch and see how the NBA proceeds when it comes to that salary cap. The NHL also has hit the pause button on their season. That's a quote from Commissioner Gary Bettman. The NHL has been attempting to follow the mandates of health experts and local authorities while preparing for any possible developments without taking premature or unnecessary measures. However, following last night's news that an NBA player had tested positive for the coronavirus, and given that our leagues share so many facilities and locker rooms, and it now seems likely that some member of the NHL community will test positive at some point it is no longer appropriate to try to continue to play games at this time this of course was written on friday um rick the san jose sharks and very close to you the columbus blue jackets had already prepared they were going to ban spectators they were just going to play in empty arenas what's kind of the feeling on the ground in the great state of ohio because we see columbus was already ready to take this step before the nhl said no we're not even going to do that well, it's very interesting in the commissioner's quote there. And another aspect that people are not taking into consideration is we're talking about all this travel covering all these cities across all these different states is how each different area in each state themselves is setting these regulations and these restrictions up. You know, here in Ohio, our governor has been very proactive. I mean, immediately, uh, as I watch this national news, it seems like Ohio has been, you know, a little bit more in that panic mode, if you will. They're ahead of the curve on so much of this. Well, you know, at this point now, you know, I, I've already lost two bookings for, through professional wrestling uh, that was going to cover the rest of this month here. Our big Revolution Pro Show, I'm heavily involved with. You know, we had to come out just because of the restrictions that are putting being put in place. Uh, at this point now, I mean, it, the governor immediately came out. You can't have any more than a hundred people to get at a gathering, uh, or it's going to get nixed. And now there are some different, you know, the. Um, Bars and restaurants are kind of godfathered into that as well. Uh, but they're now we're expecting that they're going to get hit with some restrictions uh, of what they're able to offer. Uh, he's uh, They've already come out. You know, Ohio was one of the first ones to cancel schools. Ohio State University, they had shut down immediately. I'm talking a week and a half ago. They had shut down the campus, had closed everything off. Now it's statewide that the schools are, have been closed. And we're starting to see that sweep across from state to state to state now. Uh, but hell, the governor was just on CNN recently, just as early as this morning, saying that they're prepared that school will be canceled for the remainder of the, of the season Crazy. for the 2020, you know, for, for this year till summer. Crazy. Uh, so, I mean, that's to the point that they're at. So the Blue Jackets were just reacting to what was being in place and is going to be enforced here by the state of Ohio. Now, you take that, you know, what are they doing in Utah? Is it ground zero there for them? Uh, what are they doing in California? What is Texas going to be doing? Then you're, if you're a league, if you're a commissioner, all these teams, you have to deal with those restrictions. Yeah, absolutely. California state government has recommended a statewide ban for the remainder of March, which also would have affected the L.A. Kings and the Anaheim Ducks. We have also seen the USHL and AHL suspend their seasons. So it's just kind of a world without sports right now. Hell, even Major League Soccer has suspended their season for 30 days. MLS Commissioner Don Garber added, Our clubs were united today in the decision to temporarily suspend our season based on the advice and guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, Public Health Agency of Canada, and other public health authorities, and in the best interest of our fans, players, officials, and employees, we'd like to thank 
our fans for their continued support during this challenging time. The good news, if you are an MLS fan, they're only two weeks into the season, so they could easily kind of restructure things here, very much like baseball, who has now delayed the start of their season for two weeks. Spring training games canceled. Scheduled opening day was March 26th. If you look back in history, Huckleberry, in 1995, the season didn't start until April 25th, 144-game season due to the 94 strike, which I kind of like shortening the season for baseball. I think they should have done that a long freaking time ago. But Rick, I know you have a take on this because you have told me for years now that the great city of Cincinnati throws the best opening day party in the country This thing and the financial effect on opening day in all of these markets is going to be huge. Oh, absolutely. And and all I can say, it's fact. I mean, there is nowhere like opening day in baseball in Cincinnati. I mean, a lot of that that plays into that is we are the home of professional baseball, the first professional team. And it's something that the city takes great pride in. And they've embraced the, the Reds. You know, highs and lows. This is a baseball town through and through. You know, to add to that, one of the great traditions, you know, you go downtown. I mean, it's a sea of red. I, I'm talking. It's a full-on parade. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you sent me pictures last year. Yeah. In, in oh, the opening day parade, uh, really nothing like it. Inside of it, I mean, it's almost as big as the game itself. And, and it gets everything going. 100 years. Even through wars, they've held this parade. This is the first time in 100 years that they have canceled this crazy minor league baseball also putting in an open-ended delay for the start of their season their scheduled start date was april 9th which affects i mean even down to my local economy in the cedar rapids colonels and they've actually held this parade here in cincinnati when the game has been canceled before crazy and, and what's really crazy is and i i because it's happened, you know, in, in most of our lifetimes here before, but it's only happened a handful of times since in their existence that the Cincinnati Reds have not played the first game at home. Uh, and this is a case. And the last time that happened was during that lockout, as you had mentioned, Jargo, uh, following the strike there. And it looks like, you know, there's a good possibility whenever this thing gets going that they'll start on the road again. So, I mean, it's just a, in the grand scheme, yes, it's not as important, but you know, it's those those little things of the tradition that I think in a in a time of emergency like this, when you're looking for something that's going to put you at ease, that, that comfort that you begin to lose, and that's what kind of starts to irritate people. I mean, hell, you look at this mad rush for like this toilet paper. It, it's and, and and it's it's hard to understand, you know, why this, why here, but it's one of those freakout modes that people find comfort in. If you need 164 rolls of toilet paper to quarantine yourself for two weeks, you need a hell of a lot more help than just this coronavirus. You need to get to a doctor as quickly as you possibly can. See, see, I've implemented a new strategy here with RBV Fitness, you know, where, you know, usually I'm saying, you know, enjoy whatever you want, make it a more rounded you. But right now, instead of worrying about this toilet paper, we need to worry about clogging the problem at the source. Oh my so you want to be looking for foods that are going to cause, they're going to run, you know, a high per- probability of causing constipation. So instead of going out there and fighting over the last roll of TP, go get yourself a big old block of cheese. Wisconsin hey, is all over this. They've been training for this yes. forever. Yes, yes. There you go. You got to clog it up at the source here, people. 
can't believe this is a real conversation that we are having right now. My God. RBV fitness, baby. Clog it up. The NFL. Let's talk some NFL as we wrap things up here. Uh, the NFL has canceled their yearly spring meeting, which is scheduled for March 29th to April 1st. For full considerations and votes on any open football issues, including players, rules, bylaws, and resolutions, as well as any other business matters, will take place at the spring meeting scheduled for May 19th to 20th in Marina Del Rey, California, assuming that that date happens. Head coaches and general managers will participate in the meeting, the league said. Um, but Rick, we did get some actual news to talk about uh, other than the coronavirus as the CBA has passed this morning for the NFL, uh, passing by roughly 60 votes. It was a very, very slim margin. But if you're in the mood for more football, we're adding a whole nother week to the season going forward. Well, it's just not that. We've got a, a whole week of the regular season. We're adding to the postseason. And this, you're right. I mean, it just, I mean, by hanging by a nail there, a thread to get this thing through, but they have done it. The players are going to see an, an increase in their revenue. We're talking about these, these meetings though. I mean, don't we have like Skype that exists in the world? Do we, do we have to physically all get together? That's a good point, man. I hadn't even really thought about that. Um, 10, 19, four, nine 59 against was, I mean, that's a pretty damn slim margin, man. Did you think this thing was going to pass more wholeheartedly or did you expect it not to pass? I tell you what I actually, I expect it to be close, but still, when you see that number to realize how almost damn 50, 50 that they stood on this thing, it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, but I, I figured it was going to be, to be very, very close. And I thought they would get it through. Uh, but there were still some things in there. It still shocked me that they approved uh, that that extended regular season. But I guess on the backside of that, with the incentives that are written into contracts to have that potential of having those extra teams inside of the playoffs, uh, I guess maybe that financially was a, enough of a push to you know to swing the vote that way. Yearly start of business is still scheduled for March 18th. So just what what is that Wednesday? Uh, we got three, 16, 17, 18. Yes. Wednesday. Yeah. So Wednesday, the official start of league business. So hopefully we start seeing some trades going through free agents landing in different places. The Tom Brady sweepstakes is going to kick off. Hopefully we'll have something to talk about besides the stupid virus. Uh, absolutely. And this, this right here, this is a time that, you know, the NFL once again can come in, steal the hearts of America and really dominate totally dominate the sports scene and it's going to be all about how they present how they present it and how they market this thing to keep people because they're good people want an outlet they want something especially if you're doing if you're doing new business the nfl certainly can capitalize here back to all corona all the time the nfl certain teams have pulled scouts as well as personnel from the road. The Falcons, Bills, Lions, Packers, Jags, Chiefs, Dolphins, Vikings, Giants, Jets, Steelers, 49ers, Bucks, Redskins, Eagles, all pulled scouts and uh, pro days. They're not going to be attending any pro days. Rick, how is this going to affect the draft? I mean, assuming that the draft even happens is scheduled, but there's a lot of talent out there that relies on these pro days and getting in front of these scouts to improve their draft position. Absolutely. You're, you're talking about make or break for some of these individuals. 
and I guess when we bring that aspect into it, I would be okay with them pushing the draft to make sure that everyone has a fair shake. I mean, because you know, we're we're not just talking about going out there and playing a game. We are talking livelihoods. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like those All American games in the NCAA. You know, and I would be I would be fine. Maybe okay. It, it, let's go ahead. Uh, you know, we're just talking about people need that escape. So, what if you went ahead with like the first two rounds? Those are locked in. We know where those individuals are going. And you don't have to go, you know, to actually to the venue. Uh, I believe, what was this year's in Nashville? Mm-hmm. Um, hell, what is that going to do to that city? I mean, they were so they were so looking forward to that, to what the just the NFL draft brings to a market. But if we have to escape away from that, uh, then again, you know, let's go to the internet with this. Let's go to each, you know, you, you can you can go right to the home office they can make their pick. You can split screen it with somebody else to come in. But if, if you can just give us that feeling to give us a little bit here. But um, again, if, if they wanted to push the whole thing, as it means so much to some of these individuals who are looking to make a career for themselves, so, you know, to financially stabilize you know, themselves, them, their family. Completely for that. Excuse me there. Actually, I, I just got an alert here. Uh, we're recording Sunday afternoon. It's 2-11 here on the East Coast. Here in the state of Ohio, they're having a press conference at 3 o'clock where they're going to address the potential of shutting down or more restrictions put in place for bars and restaurants. Ridiculous. Uh, let's talk about the XFL. Close things out. Huckleberry, the XFL has called it a season, but they say that they are still committed to playing football next year. So I, I guess the, the most important thing, players eligible to sign with NFL teams after their exit interviews on Friday. So the, they are going to be free agents out there as soon as the, the start of business kicks off for the NFL. So that's a positive for the, all the players want to give credit where it's due. Um, but I, how do you call this? Was, was this thing a success? They averaged right around 2 million viewers per game, averaged 18,614 fans in attendance. How do you grade season one of the XFL, even a shortened season? I'll say, you know what, I, I firmly believe this. And if we're looking for any kind of bright spot in you know this, this time of panic, uh, it absolutely falls in the lap of the XFL. I think that this thing has bought them a second season. They pretty much have just had six weeks of a of a test market where they haven't they didn't run themselves into the ground. They can go out there and see what was working, what kind of faded, where they need to tweak things, and how they can come back even stronger here. I have to say this these first couple of weeks for them, even in the wake of losing the Alliance League and, and being able to hold these things and still create a, a decent buzz, uh, obviously. The interest, it, it peaked early, and it kind of began to, I wouldn't say flatline, but it, it found its place. It, it found that we found out what the XFL was. We found out what the, the true desire was for it inside of our sports society. So now it's up to them. It's up to Vince McMahon and team to go back to the drawing board. You've got this six weeks of research, and it's right here in your lap. You're ready to move forward. I think next year, even opening your doors for a year two is a tremendous success. And now they're going to have this opportunity for a second season. We're going to see where they can go from here. Was there a much talk about the XFL where you are? Because I didn't hear anybody talking about this. Uh, as I said, you know, after it seems after that week three into that week four, it really began uh, to decline. From a marketing standpoint, there wasn't much of a need for it. 
Uh, we didn't get a lot of response in the advertising. And obviously, you know, and a lot of that was okay. It's, it's about the special that you run with it. And some of my clients really embraced that. So you would see a peak, but I thought it was more about what we were featuring instead of, hey, we need to go there for the game. I think the thing for me is there's no team that is quote unquote local. You know what I mean? Every, everything feels so far away that it was like going into week one, there was a little bit of hype around it just because of the novelty factor, the return of the XFL, and then it just died off quickly. And when you look at the demographics that they're drawing in these 2 million people, it's the people in the cities where there are the teams in the surrounding areas. This feels very, very regional, but I don't think expansion is in any way, shape, or form the answer at this point. It's just... There's nobody talking about it. Somehow, you've got to start getting ESPN talking heads talking about it. You've got to get the FS1 talking heads talking about it. Like, I didn't even hear scores of the games listening to all the, the sports shows and whatnot. It, it just seemed like it was an afterthought. And you probably picked up on this as well. I mean, it was almost like because it was an obligation of, of Fox Sports and FS1 to make mention of it due to their contract, but that's all you get in passing. But you I mean, only it got it leading up to the first week, too. After that, it was like I didn't hear Skip and Shannon really talking about any of the X and Ys of the XFL. No, they're they're not. And that's what I'm saying here. No one was breaking down these games. They weren't talking about the scores or any of the highlights or how the league in itself was doing. You would just get, you know, in those transition segments. This Saturday on FS1, you know, St. Louis versus Tampa. Right. And, and that's and that was the extent of it. You didn't hear, you didn't have any of the coaches or general managers or players making appearances here. So they didn't have that. When you don't have that kind of support, you're not going to drum up that interest from that overall fan base. And you're exactly right. I thought, you know, it's really remarkable is the passion that you saw behind, you know, like the the St. Louis franchise. Yeah. St. Louis knocked it out of the park. They absolutely embraced that. And you almost wonder. When, when you're looking at the attendance there, and they, they seem to grow each week. That was a very stable market for them. And I wonder if you almost get caught up too much in worrying about those major markets, you know, like going into New York, New Jersey. That's great. I mean, that, that routinely, if you're a big player, you want to be there. But if you're the XFL, you suddenly, you are, what, 10th, 11th, 12th on the list of what that you know, that metropolis is going to support. Well, hell we're seeing it with the chargers out in LA. I mean, they're, they're what the, the 10th, 11th, most interesting thing going on in LA on any given Sunday. Absolutely. I mean, so it's almost, do you weigh those options there? Would have been smarter to, to read, you know, to locate those teams in markets that are going to support that are going to be a bit more hungry for that product as opposed to trying to just, you know, knock it out of the park with major television markets. Or or are they too widespread in a sense? I mean, did this happen from its just from its early campaign in its early birth, did they need to go coast to coast? Would it have worked more than if you would have had people that have been able would be able to travel, you know, realistically be able to go to away games? and still support where you make it more going back to what you were just talking about, making it truly more territorial. And then, then after, if you can find success in let's, let's just say that, you know, the East coast, you find that success. Then you look at your expansion a couple of years later. Yep. 
Sounds good to me. Um, Huckleberry, one thing before we wrap up this week, I, I, I got to ask you about this. Did you see the new L.A. Rams logo? Oh, my God, yes. Like, what the fuck were they thinking? I absolutely have no clue. Uh, I, I was almost speechless when I saw that. I had to go back and, like, I actually researched it to make sure it was actually legit. This can't be real. Like, th- this just, I mean, a- a- as a marketing, as an advertising, like, there's no way this is real, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I'll make this the cover it, art for, for this week's episode so people can see it because this is quite possibly the most embarrassing looking attempt I've ever seen at a pro sports team logo. It's like their logo got the coronavirus. There you go. Their logo got the coronavirus. That's fantastic. That's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then head over to the other platform you may not be listening to, whether it be the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, or Hameen Media online, hackerhameen.podbean.com. Catch RBV and I tomorrow in the locker room, as well as a simulcast of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, Rick, what do you think? By the time we record the locker room in the morning, is WrestleMania still going to be on? Like I said, you know, it's it's a one day. If they want to get rid of all the other, everything else going on here, it's one day. And you got to believe if there's anybody out there that's going to be so damn stubborn and hard-nosed to stand up to even a global, a global panic, this coronavirus, it's got to be Vince McMahon, right? I mean... Vince is going to have to be strong-armed out, right? Like, like he's not going to cancel. This is going to have to be the city of Tampa, the, the state of Florida, saying, no, Vince, you cannot do this. And, I, you know, from everything early on right now, that from the reports that we're hearing, it looks like Tampa wants to stand by it. Uh, but you, you are right. I mean, we could get to a point here with the pressure, with everything else kind of mounting, where this is taken away from WWE. But inside of that legality, you know, you know, he's got them up there at Titan Towers. They're they're working away, vigorously working away on this thing, looking for every loophole that if the state, if the city, the the county, whatever it might be, they come in and take this thing from him. You know, Vince has got a, he's got a couple things up his sleeve. So the greatest WrestleMania ever from Saudi Arabia. If it has to be, it has to be. See, I was going to put out this tease to be like, if you want to know what we would do, join us tomorrow in the locker room. Hold on. We've got a lot of things going on, Amari. I mean, I can come up with some other options here. I got another, you know, we've got, no, 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 because, well, hey, I think that is the tease. If, if. If I'm rightfully for it, everyone knows that you got to be a 180 on this Saudi thing. Oh, so I'm we're completely gonna have that against it. Completely. <laughs> we we're gonna have that. We're gonna have that slugfest tomorrow inside the locker room. Uh, we got another thing. You know, everybody in, in, in we build up, and, and everybody feeling emotional for your departure. They're forgetting that I'm not going anywhere. I'm just getting sent back to the PC to be repackaged. So I mean, what what kind of gimmick should I should I reemerge with? Oh. And it's three, and it's three sixteen day, baby. We're gonna oh, yeah. be cracking a few. We're gonna be cracking a few Steve wires bright and early. The Monday locker room. Join us in the morning. Hackerhameen.podbean.com. We'll talk to you then. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. <laughs>